The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
blessing by faith I've received from above. Oh, glory, my soul is made perfect in love. My prayer has prevailed, and this moment I know the blood is applied. I am whiter. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley. I'm glad you've joined today. I have a message for you from the Holy Spirit. He would barely let me sleep last night. Speaking to me, ordering my thoughts. And I come with a very serious message for you. A message entitled, Are You Blocked from the Presence of God? Are You Blocked from the Presence of God? Now let us pray. O Lord Jesus, we do not want to be blocked from your presence. We want to know your voice. We want to follow you and be filled with your spirit. But the spirit of this age has come in to many who are listening, and they know they are blocked from your presence. They have their religion, they have their beliefs, they have their opinions, but they don't have your presence. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you open our blind eyes and prepare us for the events that are about to transpire on the earth? Terrifying events. Events that will keep us awake and terrify our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. And I saw when he opened the sixth seal, and a violent shaking happened, and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair, and the entire moon became as blood, and the stars of the heaven fell to the earth like a fig tree 
being dropped, being shaken by a mighty wind. And the heaven was split apart like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was shaken out of their place. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the military leaders, and the rich men, and the mighty men, and every servant and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. In fact, they're saying to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall upon us and hide us from the face of the one sitting upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come. And who is able to stand? Revelation 6, verses 12 through 16. Are you blocked from the presence of God? Do you go through your religious rituals? And yet you have no fresh word from the Lord regarding your life. You know in your inner being that you are not yet right with God. You are distracted by the television and the internet. You're distracted by the game board, by the computer games, by the bowling. You're distracted by all of the entertainment that you engage in. You work hard so you can consume and enjoy your life. Your life is filled with distractions from the presence of the mighty God of heaven. You don't consider him to be someone to be serious about, rather to be sentimental about. And you are blocked from the presence of God. This must change. I'm going to lay out for you some things that have happened in the past. But I want to tell you, that you will be hearing soon, if you have not heard already, that between now and the end of this year, 2020, great events are going to shake the nations. That there will be an asteroid strike on the earth, or many asteroid strikes and fires, infernos. That there will be sickness and pestilence and death that there will be financial collapse. All of these things are being talked about in the world. Are you blocked out of the presence of God so that you don't have an answer for these people? And your heart now grows terrified by what you see and hear is coming upon the earth? Let's look at some of the issues And one of the issues is what happened at Pentecost. There are some passages of Scripture that I keep going back to and reading and praying over. And the Lord has given me some very clear revelation about Pentecost that I want to share with you today that I think will make a difference for you. In the Acts of the Apostles, In chapter 1, verse 4, And while being assembled together, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which you heard from me. 
For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit not many days from these. Verse 8. But you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, even to the very ends of the earth. Well, what is that power that has been promised? that comes by the anointing presence of the Holy Spirit. First of all, I want to say that the Holy Spirit has said to me, that power is for righteous and godly living, to leave all sin, to walk clean before Almighty God, to be brought into the very presence of Jesus as described in the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John to become one with Jesus, to have him dwell in us and have us dwell in him. That is not the current experience of many of you listening yet to this broadcast. My heart will be utterly broken if after all the testimony and the words, the rebukes, the counsel, the unfolding of Scripture, if the end comes and you are found outside of Jesus. You've heard me cry out for Pentecost, a fresh baptism of Pentecost. What am I asking for? I'm asking for two things. I'm asking for the fullness of the Holy Spirit to come to make us righteous, that we would repent of our sins and turn unto Jesus. I'm going to share a story of revival where this takes place. Now, secondly, we're asking for power to witness for Jesus Christ, to make a difference in the lives of other people. We are not here to be consumers. We are not here to enjoy the good American life. We are here as fishers of men and women. We are here to bring them to Jesus Christ because the time is short. Now we find the actual day of Pentecost. Pentecost meaning 50. 50 days after Passover comes Pentecost. And Pentecost is the celebration of the law being given. Moses on Mount Sinai, where God hands him the Ten Commandments written out on tables of stone. But now, at Pentecost, a new meaning is given to the Christian church, and that is the coming of the Holy Spirit. And while the day of Pentecost being fulfilled, they were all with one accord in the same place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise as the rushing of a mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues parting off as fire and sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled by the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues of a different kind as the Spirit was giving to them to speak out. Now we also know from other portions of Scripture that we won't study today that the giving of the Holy Spirit was for the gifts of ministry. Included in those gifts were the gifts of healing. But everyone did not receive the gift of healing. 
the apostles performed many wonders and signs. These wonders and signs were to confirm the word of God that Jesus had risen from the dead. And there are those today who say that they stopped at the end of the New Testament church. There is nothing in Scripture that teaches that. Those gifts are still here. First, to live a holy and righteous life, to leave all sin. If anyone tells you that you cannot depart from all sin, they are lying to you and they are teaching you as a false prophet or a false teacher. The Holy Spirit was given that we would have the power to leave all sin. And secondly, the Holy Spirit was given to us to testify that Jesus is the Christ. Now, in the book of Ephesians, in the first chapter, one of the most wonderful chapters in all of the New Testament, it describes for us, step by step, every gift given by God from heaven for the sake of the disciples of Jesus Christ. Nothing has been withheld from us. Chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one having blessed us with every conceivable spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Nothing has been withheld by the Father. Everything we need for a godly life, everything we need to bear witness and testimony was given to us by the gift of the Holy Spirit. He and no other picked us out of, out in him before the foundation of the world for us to be holy and blameless before him in love. Verse 7, In whom we have the redemption by means of his blood, the forgiveness of sin, Aphemy is the Greek word, and it literally means the removal of all sin, according to the riches of his grace, which he granted us richly in all conceivable wisdom and understanding, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself in the course of management of the fullness of the time periods, to gather together all things in Christ. In other words, the Father has given us a clear understanding of what his purpose is in the world. And if we are to be a part of God's purpose, we must also walk in this purpose. And that is to bring all things under the headship of Jesus Christ, things in heavens and things upon the earth. That is the purpose of God in Jesus Christ. Now we find this wonderful truth in verse 13. In whom also you having heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after having believed, you were sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Every person who has confessed their sin 
who has repented of that sin or turned away from it and no longer walks in it. Every person who has utterly given themselves into the hand of Jesus Christ, who has been born from above, has been transformed into the likeness of Jesus, that person has received the gift and the sealing of the Holy Spirit. That's very clear in the Scriptures. But now comes the blockage where men and women who call themselves Christians are blocked from the presence of God. I have struggled with this for many years. I finally have come to understand that as a person who is utterly given to Jesus Christ, I am not blocked from his presence. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit. My sins are forgiven. But then where is the power to save the lost and the dying? That question demands an answer. We must answer that question. First, I'd like to share with you the part of a story of Reese Howells, the intercessor, when revival comes in his ministry in Africa, where he is sent by the Holy Spirit as a missionary. I'm reading from Reese Howells, The Intercessor, page 155. The South African Gospel Mission had been founded in 1889 to take the gospel into the many unevangelized areas of South Africa, the first president of the mission being the Reverend Andrew Murray. When Mr. and Mrs. Howells joined it, the mission had 170 European and African workers in 25 mission stations, reaching as far north as the southern frontier of the Belgian Congo and east and west into untouched parts of the Portuguese territories of Angola and Mozambique. The Hals were sent to the Restu mission station in Gazaland, near the border of Portuguese East Africa. They joined Mr. and Mrs. Hatch, who had labored there for several years, and who, with others who had preceded them, had laid a firm foundation and paid a real price in taking the gospel to these people. Mr. and Mrs. Hatch had recently been studying the subject of the Lord's second coming and giving time to the word of God and prayer. They longed for a deeper blessing in their own soul. Here are two people who are righteous before God. They've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, but they lack power. And they are longing for that power to come for the work of ministry. 
They recognize a desperate need in their own hearts. When the Hals arrived, there was already preparation of heart for a work of the Holy Spirit. The natural thing for a new recruit on the mission field is to spend a considerable period of time in language study, acclimatization, and the general getting used to life in a new country. But the people had already heard that Mr. and Mrs. Howells came from the land where the revival had been and straight away asked them if they had brought the blessing with them. Mr. Howells told them that the source of all revival is the Holy Spirit and that he could do among them what he had done in Wales. They asked him to preach about it, by an interpreter, of course. Since they had no word in their language for revival, he told them about Pentecost. That is, that God had come down, moving upon the hearts of men and women, and it swept multitudes into the kingdom, and that he would do the same with them if there was a willingness to repent. In the meetings that Mr. House took, he continued to speak to them about revival. And in six weeks, the Spirit began to move upon the Christians. On Friday evening, when about a dozen of them had gathered in the Hal's house, Mrs. House taught them the chorus, Lord, send a revival and let it begin in me. The Spirit was upon them as they sang, and they continued the singing the next day in their garden and elsewhere. As Mr. Howells listened to them, he recognized a sound he had heard in the Welsh revival. You know it when you hear it, he said, but you can't make it on your own. And by the following Thursday, he said, I was singing too. There was something about it. It changed you. It brought you into the stillness of God. That evening, as their custom was each Tuesday, the four missionaries met together for Bible reading and prayer. While they were on their knees, the Lord spoke to Mr. House, telling him that their prayer was heard and that the revival was coming. He called them all to rise. There was no need of further prayer. The Holy Spirit was coming down to give Pentecost in their district. The greatest need we have today is not for prophets and not for preachers. Rather, we need men and women who can pray through to the Almighty God in such a manner that the Lord will send revival to this nation. We need revival. Let me read what happened. So great was the power of God's word that every moment after that we expected the break. At every knock of the door, we felt sure that someone was coming to tell us that the Holy Spirit had come. They waited thus for two days, and on Sunday, he came. The Sunday was October 10. 
As I preached in the morning, you could feel the Spirit coming on the congregation. In the evening, down he came. I shall never forget it. He came upon a young girl, Kafusu by name, who had fasted for three days under conviction that she was not ready for the Lord's coming. As she prayed, she broke down crying, and within five minutes the whole congregation was on their faces crying to God. Like lightning and thunder, the power came down. I'd never seen this, even in the Welsh revival. I'd only heard about it with Finney and others. Heaven had opened, and there was no room to contain the blessing. I lost myself in the Spirit and prayed as much as they did. All I could say was, He has come. He has come. We went on until late in the night. We couldn't stop the meeting. What he told me before I went to Africa was actually taking place, and that within six weeks of arrival. You can never describe those meetings when the Holy Spirit comes down. I shall never forget the sound in the district that night, praying in every home. The next day he came again, and the people were on their knees until 6 p.m. This went on for six days, and people began to confess their sins and come free as the Holy Spirit brought them through. They had forgiveness of sins and met the Savior as only the Holy Spirit can reveal him. Everyone who came near would go under the power of the Spirit. People stood up to give their testimonials, and it was nothing to see 25 on their feet waiting to testify at one time. At the end of the week, nearly all were through. We had two revival meetings every day for 15 months. And the meetings were all day on Friday. Hundreds were converted. But we were looking for more, for the 10,000 upon whom he had told us we had a claim. As the news reached England of this breaking forth of the Spirit, it spread to neighboring stations. Mrs. Bessie Porter Head, the wife of Mr. Albert Head, published two booklets, Advance in Gaza Land and Retrospect and Revival in Gaza Land. Here is an extract. Several early pioneers laid down their lives in the founding of the work at Ratusu Station, including Mr. Hatch's first wife. They had been sowing for years, and as Mrs. Head said, after Mr. and Mrs. Howells arrived, the blessing had begun. The two former Mr. and Mrs. Hatch had labored for many years there, truly sowing in tears the seed of life with patience and prayer. The two latter, Mr. and Mrs. Howells, are now helping them to reap with joy a great harvest which is gathered in by the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God. I've been planting in Washington, D.C. on radio year after year after year with tears and prayer, with supplication. I have not had the harvest. <laughs> 
I'm praying for the Holy Spirit to come and bring a great harvest in this city for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm praying you will be a part of that harvest. But I know that right now many of you are blocked from the presence of the Holy Spirit by all of the foolishness of the world and the things of the world. Many of you know you're not right with God, but many of you don't even know you're not right with God. You think everything is fine, but your prayers aren't answered. Your heart's not on fire for Jesus. You've not won anyone to the cross. You've not even testified for a year or more. There must be a dramatic change, and I know that change can only come on our faces before Almighty God, crying out to Him. We need a harvest of the gospel in Washington, D.C. If not now, when? After describing the mighty movement of the Spirit on that first Sunday, she continues, Meetings lasted from early morning till sunset with only a short interval, the people weeping and confessing their sins so that the missionaries could not put in a word, but simply wept with them and prayed with them. Sometimes everyone would be kneeling and confessing together in great agony of soul, and then one and another would get through and begin to sing for joy. This went on day after day from Sunday till Thursday, the Spirit doing a mighty convincing work in souls and leading to confessions such as no human agency could have extorted from them. Hearing of God's work in such a remarkable manner, the invitation was sent from the American Board Mission Station, some 40 miles to the south, to Mr. Hatch and Mr. Howells to visit this mission station. It was a large mission station with a staff of doctors and ministers and, and school teachers. At the first meeting at 9, 9 a.m. on Thursday, the building was crowded. The missionaries told how the blessing had come, and they described what the conditions of the blessing were. After two or three of the Christians from Ritutsu had given their testimonies, crowds began to cry for mercy. They began to confess their sins, the numbers being so great that it was impossible to help them all. The meeting lasted till one o'clock in the day, and then again it started at 2 p.m., and there was a wonderful time the men who had held back somewhat in the morning came forward in confession of sin, completely broken down. Teachers, evangelists, scholars, all praying, all confessing. This went on without any confusion under the Spirit's control until sunset. There's much more. But that was actually what happened. And it's what must happen in Washington, D.C. It's what must happen for you and for me. A visitation of the power of God 
We already, if we have committed ourselves to Jesus Christ, have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we have not received the power to bring the lost to salvation. And we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and such power in this city. Now there's a passage of scripture I want to share with you. And please just let me read it. It's a long one, but listen carefully. Luke chapter 21, verse 25. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, roaring sea and its waves, men fainting from fear and expectation of the things coming upon the habitable world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things are beginning to happen, you must stand up, Lift up your heads, because your deliverance is drawing near. Verse, 14, verse 34. You must pay attention to yourselves, lest your hearts may be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and anxieties belonging to life. And that day may come upon you suddenly, for it will come as a trap upon all the ones living upon the face of the entire earth. Therefore you must be on the alert at every season, praying that you may be considered worthy to escape all the things being about to come to pass and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. Again, I ask you the simple question. Have you been blocked from the presence of Almighty God because you have continued to walk in your rebellion? You know you're not right with Jesus. It is time to get right with Jesus. As you listen to the news, you will hear terrifying things. Destruction, famine, economic collapse. You will hear of pestilence. Here we are wearing masks. Here we are locked in. They say a second wave is coming. I think much of this is simply deception. Yes, the virus is real, but there is a treatment that is available that the leading, some of the leading medical authorities don't want to talk about because they want you living in fear and locked down. We can't live like this. We can't live like this. It has to be short and temporary. The economy of America is crushed. How are you going to survive? 
Turn the television off. Turn the Internet off. It won't save you. Get to Jesus and get on your knees before him like these people did for this revival and begin to cry out and ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to come. Weep before the Lord. Ask that you no longer be blocked from his presence, that he would speak plainly to you, that you could hear his voice and know his commands. Ask that you be quickened by the Holy Spirit. I've read to you the prophecy of this dear Assemblies of God pastor who's saying that asteroids are going to strike the earth, that things are going to be blazing with fire. September, October, November. If you listen to these people and the prophecies, it sounds like the end of the earth. Jesus is coming again. He said, lift up your heads. Lift up your hands. Jesus is coming. Are you ready to stand before the Lord? Are you ready for judgment day? Or have you been dumbed down by a make-believe religion. I call it a cotton candy Jesus, a sentimental Jesus. And you still walk in your rebellion. You still walk in your sin before Almighty God. You still go about your own business. You still pluck from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil whatever you desire in your heart. You go where you want to go. You say what you want to say. Everything is normal, and you're living the good American life. It is all going to come crashing down in a moment. Jesus said it's going to close like a trap on the whole world. It closed like a trap on Sodom and Gomorrah. They got up that morning. They had breakfast. They went about their business, planning the wedding going to work. They went about their business as they always had. They lived in that beautiful, fertile valley when suddenly fire and brimstone fell from the sky and the judgment of God for their wickedness was upon them and destroyed them. Now, when I read carefully, Luke 22, he spoke a parable to them. You must observe the fig tree and all the trees. And when they put out leaves already, seeing for yourself, you know that the summer is already near. So also, when having seen these things taking place, you must understand that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, that this very generation will by no means pass away until all these things may come to pass. The heavens and the earth will pass away, but my words may by no means pass away. When we see these things coming upon the earth, famines, earthquakes, tornadoes, 
pestilence, violence of every kind, lawlessness and wickedness. When we see the heavens being shaken, know that the end has come. Men's hearts are going to fail them for fear as they see these things coming upon the earth. That is happening today for many people. But it's not happening to those who have not been blocked from the presence of God. For they know that now is the time to lift up their hands and rejoice. For their redemption draws near. Now there are some who are teaching that a rapture will take place in the month of September or October or November. I don't know that that's true. I won't set a time. But I can tell you this, that men's hearts are going to fail them for fear because of what they see coming upon the earth. And the question you must ask Let's be very real. Have you been blocked from the presence of God? Or are you walking in righteousness and holiness? Have you been separated from the world, the flesh, and the devil? Have you given up the entertainments of the world, and now you know you have only one task, and that is to, in every way, seek for the power of the Holy Spirit to come and convict sinners and turn them toward heaven. I have no other purpose in life. My only goal is that you be prepared with me for the coming of Messiah in the cloud of glory. Am I afraid? No, I am not afraid. Am I afraid of asteroids striking the earth? No, I'm not afraid. Why? Because I know my Lord. I know that as these things come upon the earth, and they must come, the sun is going to be darkened. The moon is going to be turned to blood. The heavens are going to be shaken. People are going to be terrified and crying out and dying of heart attacks from fear. No, that's the time when we lift up our heads. We lift up our hands. For our redemption is drawing near. My brother, my sister, are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus to come? Have you made the necessary preparation? Are you ready? For Jesus to come in judgment upon the earth. Will he come in judgment upon you too? Because you have a religion that only has the form of religion, but no power, no true godliness. Some of you are caught in bitterness of heart. Some of you are caught in discouragement and despair. Some of you are caught in fornication and sexual impurity. 
Some of you are yelling and screaming at your wife or your husband. Some of you are yelling at your children. There's no peace in your home because your heart is filled with rebellion against Jesus. Will you get on your face today before Almighty God and begin to cry out? Allow the tears to come. Allow the Holy Spirit to do a finished work in your heart. You must be truly converted that the presence of God would not be blocked from you any longer. And then you must be filled with the Holy Spirit and sealed for the great day of redemption. And then you must be utterly, totally, completely sanctified and made holy that you could have a place with the Lord Jesus Christ in this great day that is coming. Will you do that today? Almighty God, would you move with power, Holy Spirit, and bring deep conviction to the hearts of my brothers and sisters? Would you cause this message now to be enlarged and sent forth? Would you cause thousands to listen? Would you send it forth on the internet? Will you cause men and women to weep before your throne and get right with you? Lord, take from us our pride and our pretense and our arrogance. Lord, we come humbly before you. I pray in your holy name for revival, the power of God in America. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, we are finishing the month of July. We are still just over $900 short of having our goal to be able to pay WAVA for the radio broadcast. As I spoke earlier this week, we have had to remove PayPal from our webpage, and we have now a new way that you can give online. It's a much easier way, a much simpler way. And it's a program run by a wonderful Christian. If you'll just go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, go to the far right-hand side of the page where it has the list of each thing, and you'll see a button or a place that says Donate. Click on that Donate and it will bring up for you a way to very easily donate to the National Prayer Chapel for Pilgrim's Progress. Now, you can do this on your cell phone by just going to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and clicking on the menu, and there you'll find a place that says Donate. Click on the Donate, and it will take you quickly. This page is still under construction. Brother Ed did it yesterday. He did a marvelous job, and I'm so grateful to to him. Thank you, Brother Ed. We're still short 900, just over $900. Would you, if moved by the Spirit, if you think this broadcast needs to continue going forth, would you give? 
You can also give by writing a check or a money order or sending cash to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. We also welcome you to send precious gems, jewelry that you're not using anymore, that you want to give to Jesus and the work of the gospel. You can give gold or silver. It's the Lord's for this broadcast. Right at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I'm praying for you. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Jesus Christ alone.